At Unigroup Logistics, getting you from point A to point B is just the beginning. We're the problem solvers that drive, that move, that hustle day in and day out. So your company can reach, lead, thrive, and drive the future. Welcome, everyone, to Global Supply Chain Week here at Freightwaves. This is Alan Adler. I am the uh, Midwest Bureau Chief for Freightwaves, uh, and we're happy to in, in invite in Michael Loescheller, who is the uh, Chief Executive Officer and President of Nicola Corporation, uh, as as our as our keynote. And uh, Michael has a background that really does span the automotive industry. He uh, we won't go through everything, but he spent from 2012 to 2021 as the first CFO and later CEO of Opel, which uh, at one time was a General Motors owned and then became owned by Stellantis. His most recent employment before joining Nikola about a year and a half ago was with VinFast, the Vietnamese uh, electric car company. So Michael knows his space uh, very well and coming to a startup in Nikola that focuses both on battery electric and on uh, hydrogen fuel cell trucks. He's uh, really uniquely uh, qualified to do that. Michael, thanks so much for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Alan. Great to be here. Yeah, we we have a theme today, as we do for the entirety of Global Supply Chain Week, of talking about supply chain. And as you know, we cover Nikola uh, pretty extensively here at FreightWaves. And so uh, I think we can really, uh, you know, dig into some of the supply chain issues. You know, we're coming off of a couple years here, maybe even more than two years, uh, where, you know, the supply chain crisis has, has truly gripped industry. And, and of course, that includes trucking. Um, it appears now to be easing after a couple of years. But as a new player in a growing in, in a in a growing segment and segments, I guess, like battery electric and fuel cell electric trucks, is that your read on what on what's happening out there? So if we go back a year, um, Nicola delivered the track, uh, the, the tray bath last year in March, and that was a really important milestone for the company, right? So, I mean, young company, we said in March, we start production of the tray bath, and we successfully achieved that. And at that time, I think it's fair to say, we had supply chain issues on a global basis. And our first job was to make sure, do we get all the parts, right? The availability of all the parts, making sure that we can deliver on our commitment in terms of launch of the truck. And I think we achieved this. Now, since then, March of last year, we ramp up production, nicely improve this. And I think we also see supply chain is improving overall. But for us as, as a new company, I mean, obviously, there's a lot we have to improve. It's not only the availability of the parts, it's also like the efficiency or the processes integrating everything. But I would say to your question, yes, overall things are improving um, and obviously a lot more to learn for, for Nicola. But I think we are on a good path. Production is improving. And I think we also have a great uh, supply chain team working through all the challenges. And uh, having achieved the milestone last year in March was really important for us. Well, you know, and it, it, exactly. And I think if you go back just a few months before that, uh, you know, Nikola did struggle with certain items like display screens and some specific other parts that prevented some deliveries. But you went ahead and effectively stayed on track by putting the trade bev into uh, customers for evaluation so they could get on-road experience. And, you know, there was a term that was thrown around a lot in the industry called red tagging, where you know, trucks were built to a certain point and then parked until the parts came in. You decided to have sort of a rolling red tag approach. Was that what was going on there? 
Now, I think we need to differentiate, and, and you're right, Alan, so we achieved the milestone in terms of launching the BEV in March, in terms of production trucks, right? And production trucks are in, in good shape, the quality is good, and that is also what the, we get in terms of feedback from the customers. We are very close to our customers, which obviously is so important, especially at the beginning when you launch your truck. So I feel we are on a good path, quality is good, and we try to get better every day, right? We do things where we know we can improve, we do things over the air, where then the truck gets better. The point you refer to is specifically to pre-production and demo trucks, where we knew we had issues, and that is not uncommon to say like, hey, let's work through that. But when we then said, look, we go for production trucks, in March of last year, we were really in good shape, and I think the results speak a, a good language. Mm -hmm. um, late last year, in the, I guess the middle of the year, really, you went ahead and secured the supply of battery packs uh, from a Romeo uh, Power by buying the company. I mean, that that's sort of one of those integration things that I guess it kind of caught us a little bit by surprise. But it has come with, with some challenges. Can you describe the process that you're working through to absorb Romeo uh, into your business and whether you're able to accelerate the progress that, you know, will let you get your material costs down. Sure. First of all, I mean, the battery is obviously a key component of the electric truck, right? It's of highest strategic importance. And therefore, I, I pushed very hard to make this acquisition happen because I feel vertical integration makes so much sense. Having the battery in our control, we can manage now all the aspects of the business, be it cost, be it efficiency, be it quality, be it also improvement going forward. So I think it's a very, very big benefit. Yes, and of course, I mean, taking over a company, making sure the integration works is, is a lot of work. But I think we, we do this very well. We have integrated the team into Nicola. I mean, we talk the same language. Yeah, and we have lots of things to, to work through, but costs are coming down. And I feel very good about the fact that the battery is, is in our hands because vertical integration makes so much sense, right? I mean, it's so hard then to, to make sure you negotiate everything with suppliers, making sure everything works. So I feel it's much easier now having that in our own hands. Yeah, I think I think Kim Brady has mentioned, though, that there, there, there's a bit of a setback involved because, you know, the, 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 the pricing was such that, you know, they were discounting these batteries to you. And then ultimately, you know, you had to, uh, you know, sort of figure that into your business and it has, uh, at least from what Kim said at the last quarterly call, it has created a bit of a slowdown. But this is something, and when I ask about being able to make up for that, I know that you are, um, you know, a taskmaster and you want to see this get fixed more quickly maybe than it was laid out. Is that happening? Are you able to sort of increase your production, get more batteries built now that you are taking them into Coolidge, Arizona from uh, California, from Cyprus, right? Yes, that is correct. And I think we made an important decision to, to integrate also the battery in terms of localization in Coolidge, right? So bringing things together in one location makes it much easier. But it is correct. I mean, basically, the losses which were incurred at Romeo, we in the first step take on our side. And now we have the task to bring the cost down as quickly as we can. Obviously, it's much easier having everything in our own hands, right? We can improve it. Efficiency is increasing quickly. And I think also the decision to move um, the manufacturing facility to Coolidge is very helpful, right? Because then all is close by. You don't have to ship things for a long period of time. So I would say overall, we are on a good path. But of course, more to do, more to do.
Well, and it's it's interesting too when you talk about vertical integration, and and I'll probably bounce back and forth here between uh, Bev and and fuel cell electric. But you know, you're also uh, building your fuel cell stacks, uh, I believe, if I've got that right, from Bosch in the plant, or they're, they're you're doing that as well. So you're really a fully integrated operation at this point. I mean, uh, you know, as we get closer to uh, uh, FCEV production uh, in the second half of the year. Uh, you know, you've got the fuel cells right there too. Is that correct? Yes, and localization is key because I think the times are over where you can ship parts around the world, right? So we have a world-class factory in Coolidge. We build it up in record time. We have a great team there. And now let's utilize it to the maximum. And that is exactly what we are doing. We bring the battery from Cyprus to, to Coolidge. We will also localize the fuel cell power module then over time so that you have all key components of our two trucks in Coolidge. And I think this is a very big benefit. Everything is close by. It will be much, much better in terms of cost, in terms of quality. We have the team there. And by the way, we try to do the same then in Europe, where we have together with Iveco a plant in Germany, where we then want to localize as much as possible very close by. And I think that's that's a key element for getting efficiency up and making sure quality is, is perfect. Because as I said, I'm not a believer that shipping parts around the world is, is a very good business. It's not good for costs. It's not good for supply chain. It's not good for quality. So let's localize everything. And I think, look, Nikola has two, two legs. We are in North America. Their Coolidge is a fantastic uh, facility. We are in Germany. Well, how great is this? Yeah. Well, and I, I guess I have to ask you, uh, you know, when it comes to vertical integration, I mean, I, I remember, you know, from working at General Motors for, you know, 20 years in the early days of, uh, of, of supply chain there, it was a very vertically integrated company. Then it changed its way of doing things and then it started to roll back. What have you always felt that integration, localization, obviously, but, but integration has been the right way to go in, in the places you've worked? I mean, I would say it depends very much on the components, right? But let's remind ourselves, we are a young company, a battery for the battery electric truck is key, and the fuel cell power module for the fuel cell truck is key. So I feel much better that I have them really close by. At the same time, we as a, as a young um, new company, we can't do everything ourselves, right? So we work very well with partners, and we need partners, right? Iveco is, is a good example in Europe where we get a lot of support and input from them, and this is very beneficial for, for a company like Nikola because we cannot do everything on our own. So integrating very well with partners, I think, is, is a key of our success. Well, that, you know, that provides a great segue, really, to talk about partnerships because, you know, you've made significant progress in, in preparing for the, the uh, fuel cell truck deliveries later this year. You've even branded the hydrogen business now as Isla, uh, you know, uh, just last week, I guess. And, and uh, you know, you've, you've got multiple partners for sourcing the hydrogen. Um, where are, are the major supply chain challenges in being the first to put these trucks on the road? Well, let's start with, with the customer, because in everything we do, we need to make sure that our customers are happy, right? And we obviously have a wonderful fuel cell truck available in the second half of this year, but it needs more. It needs the hydrogen, right? And therefore, we decided let's bundle all the energy products of Nikola under the brand name Hyla and make sure that then we really offer the truck and the energy together. I think only with an integrated mobility solution um, companies like Nikola will be very successful. I feel this is the USP of the company 
and I, I push very hard that we execute this very well. Now, having said that, um, obviously providing all the energy products is, is, is an important task, and we cannot do everything on our own. And that's why we intentionally said, look, we have to team up with various partners, be it Plug Power on, on, on the hydrogen side, be it TC Energy. We, we just recently announced um, also teamwork with FFI. So I think it's really essential that we bring partners together because, I mean, it's much easier, much faster, and we, we couldn't do everything on our own. But what matters is at the end, the offer to our customer. And I can say we really offer the chicken and the egg together because you need to have an integrated solution. And I think that's also a little bit the lesson from all the electrification um, around the world. Everybody was so focused on, on the product, but forgot a little bit the infrastructure. And on the hydrogen side, we will make sure that this is not happening so that we really offer both the truck and the energy. Well, let's talk about the hydrogen for a minute because I'm, I, I don't remember taking a chemistry class in high school, but I know that hydrogen is the most abundant element in, in the universe as far as we know. However, getting to it and transporting it and distributing it, that's a little more work. So you've got plans really with multiple partners. I, I, I continue to sort of point out and, and marvel in a way how uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev has stuck with you from the very beginning. They wanted up to 800 fuel cell trucks in 2018. Now we're starting to get them for them and that kind of thing. Uh, you've got some stations with uh, uh, with uh, 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 with America, um, sorry, Travel Centers of America that are, are in, in process now. And you're going to truck, I believe, hydrogen from Buckeye, Arizona, uh, where you have your hub into California, because it's too expensive to make it in California, but you've got plans now to handle some of these routes. Can you talk about that? Oh, absolutely. So what we want to do is we want to produce, first of all, with partners, um, 300 um, metric tons per day. Um, and we do that if you envision the, the map of North America in various locations. So, so let's walk through this quickly. So one is in, in Bacay, Arizona, where we want to build a hub and use this really to produce with partners hydrogen. And as you said, California is close by, so that's a great avenue um, to make sure we provide hydrogen. But we also have agreements in Pennsylvania, in Indiana, and even in Canada, so that overall, we can secure 300 metric tons per day, which is quite significant and needed by our customers. But we have to do more. Just the production and distribution of hydrogen is not sufficient because at the end of the day, you need to make sure the dispensing is there for our customers. So we are starting now to build the first stations. And by 2026, we will have 60 stations, mostly in California. And of course, then we really can make sure we have the truck, we produce with partners hydrogen, we distribute it together, and then we dispense it. And therefore, the Hyla brand name also is so beneficial so that people recognize, okay, this is actually um, the, the, the new Hyla brand. So really an integrated approach. And I feel very good about that. You've got, um, uh, and I don't know if you would consider it an interim technology. I think, you know, Terry Mendes told me recently that, you know, your president of, of energy there, that, you know, he sees a long-term future for mobile uh, hydrogen and presumably for the tritium uh, chargers that you use for, for BEV that, that, that go around and can be leased by uh, your customers. Um, do you see the mobile need being a long-term need, or do you think eventually there'll be enough installed infrastructure to make this work? 
So what we see in terms of customer feedback, there is a strong desire for the mobile fueler, in particular on, on the hydrogen side, because coming back to the chicken and the egg, you need both, right? So to set up all this in record time sometimes is, is a challenge. So to have a mobile solution with a mobile fueler is, is super exciting. And um, customers are very, very interested in that. Um, this is strong feedback from the customer because it gives you the flexibility, right? I mean, to get all the permits is, is, uh, is sometimes not easy. It takes time. So to have a mobile solution um, is exciting. And Nikola is really providing now the first 700 bar mobile fueler. And um, I wouldn't be surprised that if we sit here like in a few years time and say, hey, this is really a very, very strong business of Nikola. I think this will last for a long period of time. Maybe then in two decades, we sit here again, um, probably retired and say, hey, look, there are so many stations in the world. There is no need for a mobile solution. But actually, I doubt that because the flexibility um, is, is enormous. And uh, desires of customers do change, right? And then to have this mobile solution available, I think is fantastic. You know, Michael, it's interesting that Volvo, which this is not a, a hydrogen issue, but they have told the suppliers that, uh, that bring parts into their plants uh, in Virginia, that they need to be using electric trucks, and the same for Pennsylvania, where Mac builds a you know a, a, an electric uh, refuse hauler. But they're saying, look, if you want to supply us, you need to bring it in an electric trucks. I have to ask you, although I want to believe that these will either be hauled by electric or fuel cell trucks, is that in the plan? Yeah, I hope so. And basically, I gave the same speech also to our suppliers because we all have to change, right? So I said to all our suppliers, and you have been to, to Coolidge um, several times, hey, I want that you deliver the parts for Nikola without emissions. So please use uh, an electric, or well, and then in the second half, a fuel cell truck. And by the way, ideally, a Nikola truck, right? <laughs> <laughs> ideally. <laughs> and I, I presume the response has been positive because, I mean, if you really are going to get to, you know, sort of a zero emission and a, and a footprint, you can't sort of forget that transport piece, right? I mean, it's got to be done, you know, in, in the same way that, and I know, for example, Plug Power has talked about taking on, what, 75 uh, Nikola trucks, uh, fuel cell trucks, presumably to haul hydrogen, I, I would think, you know, as, as they're working. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And of course, we all have to lead by example. I mean, we can't say, hey, look, zero emission mobility is the future, but then we supply all our parts to somebody like Nikola with diesel trucks. That does not work. And I think this leading by example is, is, is so important. And that's why I also spend a lot of time with governments in the various countries and to, to say like, hey, you want that, we provide a solution, but now let's lead by example together and please um, take our trucks while we have availability. Right, right. I want to talk just for a moment about hydrogen itself. You know, there's a, a rainbow of colors out there, right? There's green, which is what you're going to uh, obviously be doing at Buckeye. I mean, you're trying to get it, you know, with your very nice deal that you have for, for solar power uh, there, uh, lots of sun in Arizona. Um, but we also have, you know, in, in Indiana, I believe that's a, you know, that, that, that's going to be like a gray or, or a blue hydrogen that is, you know, carbon sequestered. Uh, you know, the gray comes off of natural gas. Is there a roadmap, Michael, to get Nikola to the point of as much green hydrogen as possible? And is it something that is actively being worked on? Or is it such early days that you have to just get hydrogen? I think we have to be pragmatic at the beginning. We all want green hydrogen, no, no doubt but we have to be pragmatic at the beginning and offer hydrogen. And if, let's say, it is only in brackets blue hydrogen at the beginning, 
I think we should all live with that. It's much, much better than diesel. It has no emissions. So I think we need to have pragmatic solutions at the beginning. But no doubt, while we have the opportunity to set up a hub like in Bakai, we will make sure we get green hydrogen. But I think we need to have a certain pragmatism and say, look, the transformation doesn't come from zero to 100 in, in, in a few years. I mean, we have to be pragmatic. But while we know green hydrogen is the future, we can make the right decisions now. Right. Listen, I want to get you out of here on this one. And it's one that, that I, I ask a lot of people. Um, you know, your inclusion just recently now in the, uh, in the HFIP program for, uh, you know, California. And I can't remember to say the whole name of it, but basically the voucher program for, uh, for California for, for, uh, fuel cell trucks. Um, you know, $240,000 starting point for incentive up to 288, uh, you know, off the cost of a, of a fuel cell truck. Um, this incentive is huge. It's it. I think you've p- pointed out that it could be forty to seventy percent off the acquisition cost when you add in uh, Inflation Reduction Act incentives and things like that. So I guess the question I have for you is: How long does this industry, and this might go to your point about pragmatism, how long does this industry need to survive and thrive really on incentives? I mean, first of all, it's great news for, for Nicola that we have been uh, awarded um, the possibility for HVIP for the fuel cell truck, but we also have it for the battery electric truck. So actually, we have it for, for both trucks. I think it's, it's great news because, first of all, the support is significant. I think on the fuel cell truck, you can even go higher than the 240000 You can go to 288000 And then you have the federal tax credit on top. So it's a significant support. And what is important is that we have this certainty now for our customers that we have it, right? Um, and I think then people can can work with this, can plan with this. Yeah, and I think the reality of life is new technology is very expensive. So it's very helpful to have this for a few years to make sure that we really transition. And I think the first steps are important that people, other people see, hey, this hydrogen truck is really making a difference. It works also in terms of total cost of ownership. We need to have more examples in reality, where customers say, this is actually better than the diesel trucks. It is without emissions. It is on the level of the diesel in terms of total cost of ownership or even better. And then I think we start making this transition. But I think it's very helpful for a few years to have support. And by the way, not only in California, but we also need it in other, other states. Um, other countries do it as well. We, we see a lot of support also in Canada, also in Europe. So I think for this initial phase of this transformation, it's really important and that people can plan with it and know like, okay, if we change from a diesel truck to a fuel cell truck, we can plan with this support. Now, I know on the infrastructure side, which you mentioned earlier, you've got to have both and, and certainly you do. There, there is some incentive for that. I think maybe the most exciting part for you is the, is the uh, is $3 a, a kilogram uh, hospital discount for uh, you know, for, for making hydrogen. Um, can you address, as we close out here, sort of the infrastructure incentive uh, layout, and is it good enough, or do you need more to keep going? Well, first of all, I think Inflation Reduction Act is very helpful for the production of hydrogen. I mean, the support you mentioned of $3 per kilogram is obviously significant. And now I think we are, all have to do our homework, right? Making sure we, we make the final investment decision, build this hub, produce it, then distribute and dispense it. So I think overall, we should all look at the execution. I think the products are there. We have them in the market. So let's make sure this transformation is really becoming reality. 
Right. Well, Michael, this has been great. You've answered uh, really everything I could throw at you. Uh, obviously, these are things you think about and your team works on every day. Um, you know, it's interesting to see Nicola emerge now from things we weren't going to talk about and aren't going to talk about and become a leader of sorts, uh, if not the leader in, in fuel cell trucks and in a hydrogen infrastructure. So thanks very much for being with us today and uh, best wishes down the road. Thank you very much, Alan. It was a pleasure.